Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're talking Seahawks football. Uh, Seahawks visit the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. Keith, welcome in. Let's talk some uh, let's talk some football here. Yeah, good morning. So this is a morning. a morning morning recording for Bill and I. So we've got the coffee thing going today. And um, yeah, so Cheers. Seahawks uh, taking on the Steelers on their second primetime game in a row. Um, and then the second of three, there'll be three primetime games in a row because they come off this Sunday night tilt against the Steelers and they play a Monday night the following week. So, um, yeah, what do you yeah. what are we well, what are we looking at here? Well, you know, we'll probably get to regress a little bit into the show and we'll talk Seahawks and what's wrong and all that good stuff. And there's plenty of time to do that. Um, but let's talk about the, the Steelers for just a little bit. Um, you know, they they actually opened the seat. They they weren't supposed to be very good this year, right? Everyone kind of is like, this is a below 500 team. It's on the rebound. They're still limping along with Ben Roethlisberger, et cetera. Mike Tomlin's been there for life. Um, and they started the season with a surprising win against Buffalo, 23 to 16. And then it's really kind of been downhill since. I mean, they, um, they had a win against the Broncos last week, 27 to 19, which kind of surprised some people because they look pretty decent on offense, which has been really pretty bad this year. And then their defense is still pretty good, but hasn't been as good as it has been in the, in the previous four years. So like in the previous four years, the Steelers have had a top five defense. Um, and, and Keith Butler, believe it or not, the old linebacker from the Seattle Seahawks is still there as their defensive coordinator. He's been there as a defensive coordinator for eight years, but I think he's been with the team since nearly like the year 2000, something like that. He's been there Um, forever. And then, so this year they rank 16th overall um, on defense, which is respectable, um, but they're ninth against the run and their pass defense is 19th. so there's a few favorability situations going on here with with the Seahawks that I think we can expand on today and talk about that. Um, offensively, though, they bring the 27th ranked offense into this game. Although they looked good against the Broncos, it seems like that's probably an area where we might be able to get right this week. Yeah, um, it possibly. Uh, but at the same time, like this is... Well, we'll see what happens with with Seattle's defense because Seattle's defense is a mess. Um, but we're not talking about how, the mess of Seattle's defense. We're trying to talk about um, about the Steelers at the moment. They average only six point six yards per pass attempt. I saw that. Which, as a, a, a if your quarterback is is averaging that, that's usually when you bench them for someone else because yeah. anything anything under about seven point two is bad. It's just genuinely bad. Um, and you know, just in contrast, Seattle is the best in the league at nine point three yards per pass attempt. Right. Um, and so, it, so to I me, mean, that's really favorable for the way that we, you know, we spent a couple of shows this week 
talking about the ways in which Seattle could mitigate some of this crap that's going on with them. And one of those ways was to kind of get Jamal Adams closer to the line of scrimmage and let the defensive back end, at least that was my opinion, let the defensive back end kind of defend for themselves a little bit. And what that did then would be to expose them over the top a little bit. And maybe in this game, they go ahead and, and move Jamal Adams up a little bit to kind of mm-hmm. defend the run. Nanji Harris is there. Um, and see if Ben Roethlisberger challenge Ben to, to throw deeper. And Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is out. And this this I, I think this game is actually set up pretty decent for the Seahawks. But they've got it. They've got to bring their their deal. So the thing is that the the bringing if you're bringing Jamal Adams up to the line of scrimmage to stop the run, you're you don't have to do that. The Steelers aren't a good run running team either. They and haven't been. They they have they're only averaging three point six yards per carry, which is the third worst in the league. Yeah. Right. So their running game compared to the rest of the league is worse than their passing game is compared to the rest of the league and they're they're both just genuinely bad so when you said it's the 27th ranked um they're just as bad on offense as we are on defense <laughs> they are because they're 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 bad at both and when you when you put them both together on, on their just pure yards per play not without separating um passing and receiving they're like them and and the texans are yeah. one too uh, and I think I read too where Ben Roethlisberger's only thrown six touchdowns so far this year. He's got four interceptions. Um, their turnover ratio is not really good. I I know that Mike Tomlin and and Keith Butler really do pride themselves on creating turnovers, and so that hasn't been a factor this year. They they are a middling team. I mean, they are two and three for a reason, just like the Seahawks are. Um, mm-hmm. But which which is the better two and three team? Um. If Russell Wilson was playing, the Seahawks would be by far the better two and three team, but he's not. And we, I mean, as bad as as the Steelers' offense has been, the Seahawks' defense has a way of making every off, every opposing quarterback look good. So Roethlisberger might be able to, um, you know, shut down some of the he should retire midseason talk simply because he's playing against Seattle. Um, and so there's that, but. Yeah, and then it comes down to we can look at the other side of the ball in a minute. What will Seattle be able to do with a Geno Smith as a Geno Smith led team against this Steeler defense, which is not as good as last year, but it's still got some talent. It's, I mean, yeah, they lost they short, lost some pieces. You know, we we seem to struggle against the um, the Titans. We seem to struggle against the Rams a little bit in the second half. The first half was was pretty decent. This is probably the second or third best defense we'll have faced so far this in the short season so far. Um, are there any primary areas that you think that we can um, take advantage of them while Seattle's on offense? Well, I do think that, I mean, they lost, um, you know, Bud Dupree in the offseason. And you can see it in their their pass rush. It's just not quite the same. And that's part of the reason why their their defense has dropped. Is it's, well, they do just, have T.J. Watt, and he's he is a great player. Oh, he's a fantastic player. Um, and I'm but not he's only one guy, that, but he's right. one guy. And so what teams have been doing is you know putting two or three guys on him to slow him down, and the other guys aren't. Yeah, like Melvin Ingram, who's really old now, and 
yeah, yeah. It, and ineffective. Well, I I like Melvin. Or I, I do too. I did. I mean, he was he was a, a he's a really underrated player um, for quite a while. But I you, he is. He's getting to the end of his um, ability to be a productive player, and so they just don't have the guys to take advantage of the fact that p- opposing uh, offenses are keying on Watt and. It, it, it's leading to them to struggle to get to the quarterback, to struggle to at, get pressure. And with more time, opposing quarterbacks have been, been able to pick apart, uh, you know, the coverage. Now, can Geno Smith take advantage of that? Or we're going to find out because he's a backup quarterback for a reason. I think he's, he's a good backup quarterback. Yeah. One of the better backup quarterbacks in the league, but he's still a backup quarterback. For so, a so how were, how impressed were you about Geno Smith coming in in that game last week and what he was able to do in just a short period of time, get, you know, take, take that tip ball interception away from him. And I really liked what he, he did. I just, I felt the energy. I felt the confidence. I felt the, um, the preparedness of him being a a pro. Um, And those things gave me some hope actually. Well, I mean, I, I think he did. He came in. He was, he was, I think better. I think the, um, uh, I, I think the expectation from the Rams was that the Seahawks were going to try and run the ball a lot and they went ahead and let him throw it. He executed the offense. He did those things, but he also, you can see the ball just doesn't have a zip as it does when, when Wilson's throwing it. It doesn't get out onto the receivers quite as quick and he's not able to throw that deep ball. Um, and connect on those, you know, 60 yard touchdown passes to Lockett and, and Metcalf in the same way. Um, so there are parts of the offense that are going to um, disappear with him there, but there are other parts of the offense, like his, uh, his willingness to take what the offense is designed for and be okay with an eight yard gain rather than going for a 28 yard, you know, explosive play will add some efficiency to uh, the offense. You know, so we're going to lose that explosiveness, but gain um, perhaps a better third down efficiency. And I'm actually uh, okay that. with that as far as um, just kind of getting a baseline understanding and feel of the um, of the offense, the way that Shane Waldron kind of has it has it designed, and how effective that can actually be. Um, having Russell Wilson is awesome. I'm not going to take anything away from that. I can hardly wait until he comes back. My my point is that. Um, the offense is diverse enough where I think it can handle, you know, two or three different style quarterbacks and give them different opportunities to kind of take advantage of some different things. Specifically, mm-hmm. I think with Geno Smith, we're talking about tempo, uh, being able to get the ball out quickly, making quick decisions. Geno Smith goes through his progressions pretty, pretty good, really. Like his first three progressions for a, a guy that's been in the league for a while, he's going to be able to do that. And so I, I still think, you know, and, and you'd mentioned the willingness to kind of get that ball out fairly quick into t- a receiver that's, um, that's created an initial separation in a, in a route is something that Russell Wilson has a tendency not to want to do. He kind of wants to make sure he goes through all his progressions and then he goes through progressions number four, five, and six as well as he's scrambling around. Um, that's typical, and that's the way that we've seen him operate for a long time, and we're kind of used to that. But now we're going to see something that's a lot more constructed, a lot mm-hmm. more designed the way that it's actually designed. 
um, and well, see and, how that looks. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of been a lot of debate about, you know, should they reel Russell Wilson in and make him run the offense or let him continue to search for those explosive plays. Um, and there's, there's stuff to be said about, about both approaches. Um, but when you are in, in that dink and dunk approach, which is what it's going to kind of come down to, there's going to be a lot of like, you know, six yard passes, three yard run, and, you know, trying to convert on third down. It takes one mistake, one blown play and your drive ends. Whereas when you're going for explosives and every, everything is an attempt at a 15, 18 yard play or more, you know, every play that's successful gives you a new set, new set of downs. You don't need to string, right? It's like hitting the home run versus trying to string together a bunch of singles. And this could be an issue because, you know, Chris Carson continues to not practice because of, of a neck situation, um, Mm -hmm. which is, which is disappointing, but um, that may impact the way that they have to kind of run this thing. Now, I think that Gino has a good enough arm where anything inside of 20 yards I think he can make those throws. Oh, you he know, can. Sideline side to sideline, over the middle, on the go, screens. So I'm not worried about anything short, like in 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 that way. Now, if you take a look that way, I mentioned Jared Goff before. I don't like Jared Goff, but he he has a very distinct situation as his in his NFL career in the fact that he can't throw the ball past 20 yards, and so everything that you saw last year with with in this offense as it's designed that Seattle has now everything was underneath like that and so to me i think that's a that's a way forward with Gino is is to just kind of rein this in a little bit operate the offense kind of the way it's designed get the ball out quick and give your receivers and your playmakers opportunities to make plays now as opposed to Russell Wilson yeah and that is one of the things is you're going to be looking at um, looking for opportunities for more uh, yards after the catch. You're going to see more, um, probably see more misdirection, more um, like jet sweep action, whether they hand it off or not. Is Dwayne Eskridge um, back this week? You know, I, I just assumed he was. I assumed he was either, but I think that comes out today, whether he's actually yeah. uh, ready he, to go. He practiced. And so uh, when you, in concussion protocol, when you practice, you have to, make it through the practice, like a full practice, and then within the next 24 hours, not have any um, headaches or any, you know, symptoms return after the exercise of a practice. And so he's practiced. We'll find out. And I, at this point, like I said, it's been a couple of weeks, two and a half weeks since his, um, since his concussion. I was just kind of assuming he was going to make it through protocol because he's practicing. But, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. So let's talk about the Seahawks on the defensive side of the ball, Keith. Um, um, wait, this is a Seahawk podcast. So <laughs> I, I suppose we should talk about Seattle's um, Seattle's uh, defense. That, that, that's not necessarily a bad idea, is it? So this is, to me, you know, um, and we talked about it at the, at the top of the show, is that this is an opportunity, I think, for the Seahawks to kind of get right. Um really reevaluate what they're doing on the defense, maybe get into just some of the basics um, Mm -hmm. of of what they want to do on coverage, of how they want to approach uh, the way they hand off those things um, in their zone coverages and and so forth. I just need to see some improvement there because 
it's just been blatantly bad, just really bad, especially, you know, there's a zone there with the defense and and I'm not like Matty Brown. I'm not technical. I don't know all the technical terms that, that he readily brings up and diagnoses those things really well. But what I'm seeing is, you know, uh, wide receivers coming off the line of scrimmage and they know Seattle is really crappy at this. So they'll, they'll go to a point where they know that that transition happens, that, that, whoever's got them initially is now handing them off to somebody else. And therein lies all of the problems. It seems to me, um, I just over and over and over and over again throughout the year, multiple different players, not just one player, um, have had problems with that area in the field. And I'm wondering what you see and what you think about that and how they can manage to fix that. Well, it, part of it is a communication issue um, that you just don't see. Why would a guy like Trey Flowers bitch and moan so much about that? It's seemingly that aspect of it where he's talking about the communication aspect of it, where he is one of the guys responsible for communicating. So it seems like he would want to well, have as that. The, as, the corner, as the cornerback, he is the guy often that the it's being handed off to not that he's handing it off to someone else and so you know the routes develop as they develop the the defense doesn't get to say you know which way the routes go and so he needs communication from the linebackers from the safeties from why are we not seeing the same problem from any other team uh, why why are we seeing the same problem two years in a row when we didn't really see the same problem under this Pete Carroll scheme in the past. Right. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for that. And the I, same guy that that's that I can't remember his, his name, the same coach, the defensive backs yeah. coach has been here for a, for a while. This isn't just his first rodeo. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um and and Deshaun Shedd has come back too. A guy that's played in this defense, a guy that knows how it's supposed to work. A guy Andre that was Curtis. around Andre Curtis the guy that was around the Legion of Boom. Um, mm-hmm. He knows how this thing is supposed to function at a very high level. And it, you know, it still hasn't had any effect this year. So I just, I'm just curious because yeah, I think that everyone's searching for these answers, but nobody really has a clear understanding of what's going on. And nobody from the Seahawks organization seems to be willing to share any details as to what's happening. Pete is just like, you know, we're working on it. It's awesome. We're just real he's, close. It's a week away. We're, you know, we're doing everything uh, we can. Blah, 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 blah. He's being, he's being Pete Carroll. I mean, that's what Pete Carroll does and says, and he stands sure. by his guys. And a year ago, we were looking at this and we're like, God, this defense is terrible. And he was telling us that he was like, we're close. We're getting there. He was like, he's like, we're, it's the, the switch is about to, about to flip and the defense, you know, we'll get this figured out. And to his credit, it did. Right. Some of it was people getting back healthy and some of it was just guys finally buying in and doing what was necessary. What do you think about Bobby Wagner's comments yesterday? I believe in a press conference where he said, Hey, listen, Russell Wilson's out. Uh, Gina, we have the full confidence in Geno Smith, but it's our time. Like this defense needs to step up and carry this team. That is Bobby Wagner being a leader. And I think it's where he's right. Um, he, it's time. Like you, you can do whatever, and, but it, 
you've got it at some point you've just got to do it right you can you can talk about it you can learn be say hey we're learning we're working on it we're getting better blah 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 but at some point it, it has to work and now's the time it's got to work um and i think what you end up with and trey flowers got released right he says he asked for his release the team was like mm, not really we were just done it was time to move on uh i think it was this is one of those rare occasions where a mutual parting of ways is actually true um, and not some just somebody getting fired because he had played poorly, got benched, um, made some comments that weren't helpful and that he was basically blaming the scheme, um, which he wasn't wrong because there were scheme issues that were causing problems, but also he wasn't doing his job within the scheme. So he was creating some of the scheme issues that were causing problems. So uh, it was it, it, it was just time. It was time for him to move on, and um, you know, the, for the team to f- look at other guys because if he's gonna not gonna get it done, somebody will. Right, right now it's Sidney Jones, and if it's not Sidney Jones, it's gonna be Ryan Neal or um, you know maybe Trey Brown gets an opportunity. Uh, maybe Ugo Amadi moves outside, and and Trey Brown becomes the inside guy. We'll see. But uh, as a you know what you were talking about with that that spot where they're like handing off uh coverage this isn't any different than they did during the legion of boom game get uh days now there were times when that communication would break down and you saw a lot of these like deep um switch routes where you know two guys would both go deep one would go one would carry the center and the other would wheel um to the outside and the guy carrying into the center would pull the cornerback and it would leave that big play and teams would go to it on occasion when they needed a big play because it was a cover three beater. Um, and it took some work for the team to figure out how to deal with that particular route concept and not get beat by it, you know, once or twice a game. Um, but they did, right? So we know that there are some things, but what you're looking at in what's going on this year, it isn't that. It isn't just like this this nice route concept that happens to attack the cover three in the just the right way it's just guys not doing their job another week of the nfl season means another shot to win big at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl new customers can bet just one dollar on any nfl game and win 100 dollars in free bets if either team scores a point if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season longs with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving away to new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. They're not either not communicating or they're letting... It's really interesting, though, that you know, four or five guys would not be doing their job. Like one here, one there, just kind of, but man, these are guys are top of their profession 
that yeah. study all day on watching film and then walkthroughs and they hold each other accountable and etc and it's so defined this having you know be prevalent throughout an organization points to something higher to me and i would absolutely agree with that and so i think there when you look at it uh when you have a defense that isn't working guys start trying to do too much and when they start doing too much they get themselves out of position because they're they're trying to do other yeah. people's jobs as well as their own and so they get and then it 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 goes it does worse and then other people start doing you start doing the same thing because you just try and do too much and at some point everyone has to just relax go back do your job do it really well and trust the other teammates and i think that lack of trust is happening um and, and, the and other that's part, what was and that's what the meeting was last year yes um, and that, that's what the meeting was last year was that there was simply just a lack of trust between guys because no one was believing that anyone else was going to do their jobs. So everyone was trying to do three people's jobs, which meant that no one was doing their own. Um, and that's why the defense was historically bad. And it looks now, like is there anybody this in this yeah. defense that you could readily identify as a player that you know for a fact is the epicenter of the problem? And then everyone else is trying no. to compensate for that when particular watching, player. Are we talking watching, about? Are we talking about Brooks, for example? No, we're not. Um, when we're looking at um, when I'm watching the All Twenty Two, I'm seeing there's some confusion in certain guys where they don't, they're not sure what they should be doing. Uh, part of well, you know, we went into Jimmy this Jones. season with like ten or twelve cornerbacks heading into training camp and three of those guys remain on the team yeah could that um, be a, an issue it is but that's because the 12 cornerbacks involved it required two that that actually had um there were three that had talent and one of them got traded to pittsburgh um at the end of training camp so you've got it, that is a problem so there you have guys that are learning but it's not just the cornerbacks um, you see uh, Daryl Taylor and Alton Robinson who are trying their best um, to play strong side linebacker when they are, they've their entire like collegiate career in, until they got to the pros. And even for Robinson last year as a, as a rookie, they were a defensive end. And now they're being asked to drop back and play that, that outside yeah, and linebacker those, And those guys are plenty athletic enough, but true it, but when, when, when they play in the box. Of, there's a certain level of instinct that they haven't developed yet because it's, it's a completely new position for them. And when you're asking those guys to drop back into coverage because of the way that, I mean, you want them coming forward. You don't want them dropping back, but if the, um, if the defense, you know, sends someone in motion and has a flood concept to that side, you need that person to drop back and cover a zone. It's the only way you're going to, you're going to have coverage in that area. And they're, these are guys that just, they don't, they're not comfortable in that yet. Uh, they're essentially kind of playing out of position. They're having order. to think. They're yeah. having to think a lot and so, in this and defense so, right now. And so that's part of it. I mean, and I don't want to blame them because they're being put in a situation that's, that's a little awkward for them. Um, and they're doing their best to do it. It does point. It does seem to me that this points a lot to a, a, a couple of specific position groups, linebacker, and safety and maybe we can add defensive ends in there only because i think we're we're asking them to do some things that are, you know you shouldn't see 
Robinson backpedaling down the field, 35 yards down the field, covering a tight end on a, on a seam route. It's yeah, just you should, not, you shouldn't, it's you just shouldn't not see that. Um, and, and what it comes down to, I mean, that, that is a, that's a play call problem where you have guys in there, um, expecting the opposing team to do certain things and they don't do that. And well, that's the guy playing that position. It's his job. He's, and he's doing his best to try and do it. That's a play call problem. Um, and, and so you don't want to have that. I admire the players for doing their best when that's not they're they're playing at a position and they're really trying right. i mean bobby wagner is absolutely an amazing player but you line him up as a cornerback and he's going to struggle right um you put him in a defensive tackle and you know he'll probably still have 100 tackles uh in a season but the defense the run defense isn't going to be as good um and so that's kind of what's going on there so that is in that's a play call problem uh and then they're they're in their attempt to get their best 11 guys on the field, they're taking these two defensive ends and having them play strong side linebacker um, and rotate in that. And those two guys are playing out of position. So when they don't have the right play call in there, you're exposing them. And so, and this is a situation where you have, okay, well the other guy, the other players on the field know what's going on. And so you see that you, you see a play go going through and you know, that you're asking um, this pass rusher to drop 30 yards in downfield into coverage. Okay, so now you're uh, now Diggs is moving in that direction to try and help because these guys are just being exposed for you know having a different sort of athleticism. And but, but if he's moving in that direction, that's leaving a cornerback on the opposite side exposed and not having the safety help that they're right. that they're expecting. So they're positioning as they go down the field, right? If you if you're expecting to have safety help on the inside, right, you may be uh, in a trail position where you're you're wanting to make sure that the ball doesn't get outside. You're letting the your your positioning in coverage is expecting that the safety is going to come over and take out that inside uh, uh, passing lane. And if the safety's out of position because he's trying to cover for someone else, well, now your positioning, which you're which you're doing based on what's the play that's called and everything that's going on, your positioning might be correct, but now the pass is complete because you're expect that your positioning is based on the help that didn't come. So it seems you know like the saying? whole thing compounds on itself. It's not just Absolutely. one isolated situation. It it's isn't. just the full field. When you, when you're this bad, when you're giving up 305 passing yards a game and it was worse last year, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. um, it, it's happening everywhere. It is uniformly. It's and not that's, just one one guy, one spot. And, that, and that's the that, and that's the problem. And that's why last year they had to have that accountability meeting where everyone was like, "No, look, you do your job. You don't do other people's jobs." Um, and event and and it worked itself out. And I think that that was also why we saw such a um, a an improvement in the quality of the play when Ryan Neal specifically. Um, got a bunch of playing time because he was a guy who hadn't been out there watching other guys struggle around him. And, and so he came in as a guy that did his job specifically and didn't try and do other people's jobs. And it just helped because other people have started to have confidence on, okay, I can trust he's going to be in position. So I don't, I can be in my position and you need more guys Right, because Diggs is Diggs is doing his best in the back end. 
um, to cover for everybody. It's his job as a free safety. But if he knows that Ryan Neal will be in position every time, uh, then that gives him some freedom, right? And so what he needs, what Diggs needs, is to know and have confidence that, um, you know, whether it be um, Ryan Neal, whether it be Ugo Amadi, whether it be Bobby Wagner or Jordan Brooks, there's a bunch of different guys that he needs to be able to trust that are going to be in position and doing their job on every play so that he's not trying to survey and figure out, okay, who do I have to cover for? He can just <clears throat> react because so, that's his job. Uh, apologies to everybody. I'm going to go a little long today on this show because I, I want to get into something that I think has just had a free pass up till this point. And I want to talk about it because I think it really affects everything on the defensive side. And that's the rush defense. This team right now is giving up 145 yards a game Mm -hmm. against the run. Um, They did did so well in week one um, against the Colts of shutting down Taylor against a really good offensive line. Which has proven to be less than at this point now. But so so far this season, but but the, the, okay, this was a a good offensive line a year ago, and it's the same, yes, a lot of the right. same players, right. and, a, and a really good running back, um, and they shut that running game down, and then in you know week two they got ran over by Derrick Henry, so, and it's just been a problem since. And so you know my question is, what's what's worse, having one of the you know Pete Carroll's a a pillar guy one of the pillars of his defensive schemes is defending the run yeah and so and when you can't do is, that a lot of other things break down including yeah, pass coverage eventually it's stop the run force them into third and long uh don't let anything over the top because if it's third and eliminate and long, the big plays explosive yeah. plays in the run game as well well yeah just which stop we've the just run. not been good stop at. the run entirely and then don't allow the big play over the top of the offense because you set them up third and eight, make them, let them complete it underneath, let them complete the five yard pass, come up, make the tackle, get off the field. I mean, that's how this defense was built. And when this was the best defense in the league, um, they did that extremely well. And this year they're not doing any of those things. Yeah. So this they're, was one of my concerns heading into the year was the, our ability to, to defend the run. I, I knew that the back end was going to be an issue. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know how big or whatever, but I knew that stopping the run was going to be an issue because we got rid of Jerron Reed in the offseason. We brought in Al Woods, and good for Al. He didn't play, though, last year. He's had a great year, though, so far. Puna Ford is Puna Ford. He's a little undersized, but, man, effort-wise, the guy's top. He's still a top 15 defensive tackle in the, in the NFL. He is. However, with that said, uh, it's – that's not enough. We're, it's not enough because teams are are going around those guys. Um, mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, after a while, they're getting beaten down as well because there are only guys that, you know, Monet's in there as well. But um, they only have three. We're getting gashed. Tackles. We're getting gashed in the middle too. So, mm-hmm. and then the defensive ends don't seem to be setting the edge. And then when they're being asked to do some other things or stunt, um, I, I've even seen a guy like Jamal Adams try to come up and play quote unquote linebacker, you know, on, on occasion and just getting completely swallowed um, on, on the edge. And 
just getting run over essentially. Well, that's so not his, that's not his skill set. It is not, not his skill set. He's not right. He's not, He's not a two hundred points pound again guy. to some scheme issues where mm-hmm. we've got guys out of position, which is I think the overarching problem. Mm-hmm. And so, I so I'm share, wondering if we have the personnel. I didn't share your I didn't share your pessimism on the run defense when I looked at this because I was worried that they only had three defensive tackles, but all three of them are good against the run. Um, Kerry Hyder is a good run defender as a defensive Jamal end. Jamal Taylor is a beast. Jamal Taylor has been good. Or not Jamal uh, Taylor. Um, Taylor. Or is it not Jamal Taylor? Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor, sorry. Jamal Adams, Daryl Taylor. Yeah, Jamal, right. Jamal Taylor. So that, that's when you merge, merge <laughs> the two players. and Daryl um, Daryl Taylor's a good Darryl run Taylor. defender, a good edge setter and, and so yep. forth. We had Collier. We had AJ, you know, uh, Rasheem Green. I, you're right. We had the, on the, paper. It seems like those guys should be able to do enough. Not 145 yards yielded per game. No, this those this are more. Be, that's more like a hundred yards per game unit. This on should, paper. This should be a much a significantly better run stuffing unit than it is. The the talent is there to do it. Which and, which again and, points me to a huge situation in coaching. So if you not only have a coaching situation where you're not defending the run correctly and and on the back end you're wide open on your pass defense my goodness keith come on i mean so when i i look at all of this and and we were talking about guys not doing their job and trying to do too much uh in the pass defense it's happening in the run defense too because in so in the past defense we were talking about zones and and hand, handing stuff off uh and all of that in the run defense it's about lane integrity and you know each of the defensive linemen and the outside linebacker, uh, the strong side linebacker, each have a gap that they attack. Um, and then the linebackers and the strong safety, Jamal Adams, each have a responsibility as well. Um, and so when you go back to the um, the big like sixty four yard run or whatever it was by um, by Henry in week two, and what you saw there was. Uh, Jamal Adams diving inside, yes. trying to make a big play and leaving his responsibility, which was this cutback lane, completely unattended. And so when you know Henry gets the ball, he has good vision. He saw Adams coming, slashing across in front of him, and he just put his foot in the ground and did a cutback right out through that hole that was left. And he was off to the races. Now, you also have Flowers over there, but he's got a different responsibility. He's got the outside edge. And so he could have come in and tried to make that play, but he was trying to do his job, expecting that um, Adams is going to do his own. So hold on. So I got I to stop you really quick because you said yeah. Flowers. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about the corner coming up. The corner because he on was, the edge. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because it was so he was. It's it's all backside. So you've got two backside right. defenders. You've got um, Adams who's supposed to come up uh, in that because they had a, a tight end on the backside and he's supposed to cover in that one gap. And then Flowers has the outside. So, he has the right. edge, and, and he's the last guy. And he's the last guy other on the than outside. your deep safeties. And, and so when when Adams went inside, now you've got a huge gap between the defensive end who's all the way in by the guard and uh flowers whose job is to protect the outside like way outside yeah. um and the he's corner. One, juke, one juke away from yeah and, so, and, and not only empty and, field 
and and that's exactly what happened. So when 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 Henry makes that cut and cuts outside, you've got he's just got like he he's got a freeway. Like I could probably have run, you know, for ten yards on that play because there's no right. defend. There just aren't any defenders, um, and it's because guys were getting themselves out of position, and we're seeing that routinely. We're seeing guys attack the wrong gap. Um, uh, quite often you're seeing, um, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, Brooks has been victim of it. Uh, Jamal Adams has been a victim of it. You see, um, well, you don't see Bobby Wagner doing it, but you see like Taylor and Robinson. Cody Barton has been really bad about it because he wants to, he wants to flow. He's used to, you can tell he wants to flow and he gets, and then he gets swallowed on the backside. Yep, he he wants to flow into the attack and then he leaves that spot. Rather, and um, it's just it's not working. So we have guys in both the running run defense and the pass defense that aren't doing their job. So they're trying so to do have, other so people's what we job. Have is we have a team discipline problem. Absolutely. And that's that's on one that's that's on one or two people. That's on Pete Carroll and that's on. Ken Norton. Ken Norton Jr. And it's it it is it a respect issue? So that's that's the larger question. I don't think right is Is it. I think has the team already lost confidence? No. In the coaches. I don't believe it is. And is and is this what happens as a result? I think this is a. It's not working, and guys are simply trying to do too much, and they need to take a step back and trust their teammates. If everybody trusts each other and you do your job and you trust that your teammates are going to do theirs, this defense works really well. And right now there isn't that trust. I don't think it has anything to do with the scheme or, I mean, it did with flowers, but that's also why he's gone. Um, but I think you, through everyone else, it comes down to when things stop working, people try and do too much. And then that makes it worse, not better. So when you're out of the gate, and people are trying to do too much because you haven't had a chance to have it not work yet. It, it doesn't work from the beginning. That's so, a, that's a, that's a teaching problem. Yeah, that's a that's a teaching problem. That's either um, it not being communicated from Norton to the position coaches, or it's not being communicated from the com- position coaches to the players. And so there 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 are two different points. Of, of failure there and it's happening at one so or the other this come back to a situation where it's virtual in the off season and they didn't and the and the otas didn't didn't happen really and you have less practice contact wise and you're depending know. on virtual learning and i would I'm, I'm tempted to say yes but then i look around the league is it happening anywhere else mm-hmm. and and you know and they said that they they did a very good job not only this year but last year and that pete was very praiseworthy of making sure that he you know said that everything went as best as completely possible and then they had the worst defense last year for the first five or six games and now it's happening again so so some there's a disconnect there maybe there maybe it's a problem there but other teams also did the virtual thing and they're not having this problem so i don't want to just say oh well it's it's because it had to be virtual this is a covid problem um other teams aren't having the same outcome. I would just say, you know, as we're kind of winding this down, is that 
you and I have been following the team for a long time and we know talent pretty well. We're, we're pretty good at kind of evaluating the roster and being honest with that and not being homeristic and all that kind of stuff. We both kind of understand that the roster is constructed in a way that's pretty decent. You know, we had a pretty Mm -hmm. decent roster. We had a a roster that was going to give us a chance to get anywhere from 11 to 13 wins. Mm -hmm. That's where this team is talent wise. And then you have one glaring, they have one glaring weakness on this entire roster. Right. Right. That's cornerback, but you've got, right. You've got 74 pass rushers set up to help, (laughs) um, to help account for that. And it's not working. It really isn't working. You know that the talent. So it's, is it's there just not a talent. Better. It's not a talent deal. It's really not. It, nope. it and even on the even on the defensive backs, quite frankly, there's talented guys there. There's guys that can do the job in the NFL. They're in the NFL. It's mm-hmm. a pretty exclusive club. Um, we'll we'll see. So, getting back to Pittsburgh, we'll sign off. Okay. Um, this is a situation i would feel a little bit more comfortable if it was at home but it is on the road it's it's sunday night football prime time the team has good leadership i think jamal adams is undervalued in that way i I, he might be out of position a few different times and so forth but i think that he does have um some special ability and just needs kind of an opportunity here to, to let that happen bobby wagner's there they've got some great leadership abilities all across the defense and the offense so i i think things will come together this is a good team to kind of get right on mm-hmm. the, a bad def, a bad offense going against a bad defense. That's trying everything they can to improve. Let's see if it can happen this week. I, I, one of these times, I think it's going to be a switch and I it just kind of happens with, when with Russell Wilson getting hurt. I was thinking about this since our last show and um, not just because the one YouTuber called me uh, Debbie Downer, um this is the but, show where i tried to convince you that we had a, yeah. a shot at going at <laughs> like a three and two in the next five and i was trying to be a being being more of a realist um which apparently meant that i was being the ultimate pessimist according to some people but um i, I have been thinking a lot about about all of this and one thing that i think i missed um before that show and and, and looking at this is the part that you were just talking about is russell wilson getting hurt and then Bobby Wagner coming out and being like, no, it's on us. We have to be better. We have to make this work. This can be that rallying cry that gets all of a sudden gets everyone on the same page. All of a sudden, just everything gets better um, because it has to. And no more like just waiting for Russell Wilson to bail them out. Um, he's not there. So now he's hurt. And maybe this is the point where that happens. And then. Wilson comes back and they don't lose that. They just gain the explosiveness back in the offense. And suddenly this team goes on a run. Um, so there, there is that idea. I want to see it happen. I'm not going to count on it happening until I see it, but that possibility is uniquely there and it should be mentioned. Interesting. So I sent you, uh, we traded texts, I think on Sunday, saturday something like that we started talking about what we were going to do this week for shows and and uh we had talked about the idea of me trying to convince you that that we're the gonna be okay over. yeah yeah and you said that there's just no way you're, you're just not going to be able to do it and i said uh eh, you'll come around <laughs> <laughs> i don't, d- I, don't- I, I now point to 
to this. Just a, now, just a hint. Now, just a window. Just a little just hint. Just a window of I said, optimism. I'll believe, I'll believe it when I see it. But I will <laughs> Absolutely. admit, I will admit that this could be this could be the thing that sets it off. I hope it. I hope it is actually. I I I'd love I agree. to see it. Because the talent's yeah, there. This team. This team. This team needs to come together and really. It's too just, early to give yeah. up on this team. Is yeah. basically, I think, the overarching idea. The talent's there. It really is. And if they can just pull it together, they go three and two during, uh, you know, during these next five games, uh, sit at 500, you know, at five and five um, with seven games to go, they could get, you know, they can. They, they can, can go on there. a run is what they, they would have run. to do. Right. Go, five right. and, go five and two down this, down the stretch, get to 10 wins, get, get into the playoffs. And a good team that's hot down the stretch in the playoffs it's a dangerous team. I mean, that's what the Bucks were last year. They were yeah, that's pretty, right. That's exactly pretty, right. Yeah, they, they were, were pretty, nine and seven, weren't they? Or or ten and they were. Six. I think they ended up ten and six, but they were. But ten and sixteen to go on and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and and they weren't great. They they looked pretty like maybe they'd get into the playoffs for most of the season, and then it kind of came together. Um, and got you know they started to get it started to work and and they really kind of went on went on that run and and once they got there they took advantage of it and i mean we always say oh you have to have you know home field and all of that you don't go just look at it at don't look at seattle's history because they've only made it when they were the first number one overall seed but go look at, at at the super bowl teams there's a lot of times when wildcard teams end up making it because they just got hot at the right time they got a couple breaks here and there um yeah, and, and, and like you said, it's gonna you're gonna have to see it, you know, because the defense yeah. has a long way to go. I mean, yeah, really, they really, they, they do. They're, they're not even in that conversation right now. And yeah. in order for that conversation even to have, they need to show up for like two or three games in a row, and we're gonna be like Seahawks Playbook okay, Podcast maybe. listeners. Mm-hmm. Thanks right. for joining us for another um, edition that of happens, the show. So you we'll can see. find us. And this on is the game that, that Bill is at. They have a chance to start. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. You should be able to get those two wins, even with Geno at cornerback as the defense is trying to find its way. You should go into the bye week at three and three at the worst. And if you can't, yeah. then there's then then you have additional problems to, to work out. All right. Thanks for joining us everybody. It was great to yep. talk uh Seahawks football and preview this game a little bit and try to figure out again what's going on with the team. Um, it seems like that's gonna be a prevailing theme for a few shows now and again <laughs> for the next few weeks. Um, follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com has all of the shows. That's our website. Uh, so check that out. Follow us on your favorite podcast app and um, subscribe on YouTube. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks.